We'll start out with something a little bit different. Last month was St. Valentine's Day. And of course, it was rooted in Christianity. Well, this month is St. Patrick's Day, and I'm going to just read y'all a little bit about it. It also is rooted in Christianity. St. Patrick's Feast Day as a kind of national day was already being celebrated by the Irish in Europe in the 9th and 10th centuries. In later times, he became more and more widely seen as the patron of Ireland. St. Patrick's Feast Day was finally placed on the universal liturgical calendar in the Catholic Church due to the influence of Waterford-born Franciscan scholar Luke Wadding in the early 1600s. St. Patrick's Day thus became a holy day of obligation for Roman Catholics. Next little thing is St. Patrick's Day, Feast Day is March 17th. A St. Patrick, Patrick Saint of Ireland, he was born in Roman Britain. He was kidnapped at the age of 16 and taken to Ireland as a slave. He escaped but returned about 432 to convert the Irish to Christianity. By the time of his death on March 17, 461, he had established monasteries, churches, and schools. But today, St. Patrick's Day isn't about Christianity. It's more about revelry, partying, and getting drunk, and on green beer. <laughs> now, one more little thing. The green color is for the green shamrock that was used to teach the Holy Trinity. Green represents the Emerald Isle of Ireland and things of Ireland. Now, the old wives' tale is that you get pinched if you don't wear green. <laughs> green, green hides you from the leprechaun, makes you invisible. And the leprechaun likes to pinch you if he can see you. So, well, I'm going to talk to you about something else that has Christian origins. And that's prayer. Now, as I began to pray, prepare this message, my mind went all kind of directions. What did I need to say? Uh, what was pertinent? I must use discipline to not run off on a bunch of little rabbit trails. <laughs> so I could see that would be real easy because there is so much to say about prayer. Yes. There are so many stories I could tell you, and I will try to keep them, I'll say somewhat, to a minimum, as I, as I said the word prayer, how many said, oh, no, oh, who wants to talk about prayer? That's, that's not a fun subject. And, uh, and then some of you might have grown because you have a hard time praying or you don't even know how to pray. And maybe you were embarrassed to talk to someone about it because you did not want to appear to be a spiritual dummy. Well, take heart. We're all spiritual dummies. You may be excellent in one area, and someone else may be excellent in another area. God made it that way. So we have to depend on each other. He wants us to be knit together in love, according to Colossians 2.2. So, what is prayer in the Bible? It is the an evolving means of interacting with God, most frequently through spontaneous 
individual unorganized form of petitioning and or thanking. When you talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to you, you're called crazy or nuts. <laughs> Hello, y'all. Here's Miss Crazy. <laughs> One day I got to thinking about how when I talk to people, and I don't know if any of y'all have ever noticed, I'll be talking to you and I'll say, well, well, God said so-and-so. God told me this. God told me that. And then, and then I think about how many people that really don't understand this and how they think, ooh, buddy, she is nuts. <laughs> well, and you know, when I said that, I said, I bet they think I'm nuts. You know what God said to me? <laughs> you know what God said to me? <laughs> I did tell you, so what do you care what they think? <laughs> the reason for this message is to encourage you to give you a different attitude. I've been reading a book called Prayer, The Great Adventure. It's by David Jeremiah. I love that word, great adventure. I want you to feel that way about prayer. Amen. Did you know that there are 60, 650 prayers in the Bible? So there is much said about prayer, so it's very important to God. So why do we pray? What makes it so important? I could say it's because God answers prayer and he does give us things. But prayer is so much more important than that. Quoting our pastor, Herman, it is the most feared subject to the devil. And here are, and here are some more quotes about prayer. Satan trembles when he sees the weak, weakest Christian on his knees by William Cooper. If the church wants a better pastor, it only has to pray for the one it has. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then let's take note of that. If we want a better pastor, pray for the one we've got. And I know, and I know Pastor Herman desires our prayers. Seven days without prayer makes one week. <laughs> Somebody was saying something earlier. I heard him saying about week and, and week, and I thought, yeah, this is my message. <laughs> pa Pastor Eddie has quoted this many times. Jesus never taught the disciples how to preach, only how to pray. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we learn how to pray out of desperation. Yeah. In 1853, Andrew Boner said, there is no hope but in prayer. Herein lies the church's power against the world. Mm -hmm. A prayerless Christian is like having your room wallpapered with Saks Fifth Avenue gift certificates but always shopping at Ragstock because you can't read. Andrew Murray said that. I realize I'm giving you a lot of quotes from famous men of prayer, but you will hear some quotes from not-so-famous Kathy. You know, things are more real to us if we hear it right from the horse's mouth. No, I'm not horse. <laughs> um... When we learn to regard prayer as the highest part of the work entrusted to us, the root and strength of all other work, we shall see that there is nothing that we so need to study and practice as the art of praying aright. Bill Hybel says, 
it's amazing how many coincidences occur when we begin to pray. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Say that again. Okay. It's amazing how many coincidences occur when one begins to pray. Um, another reason for prayer is because God wants us. Amen. He wants to commune with us. He wants us more than we want him. That's right. Wow. Then, uh, then he says, we have not because we ask not. Uh, that's James 4, 2. And it also says you have not because you ask amiss. How can I know if I'm asking amiss? Well, first, you need to know the word. And secondly, you need to examine your heart and Amen. your intent of that prayer. Amen. Now, here's one of these testimonies. I can talk about how we feel about prayer because I've been there. Y'all, I've been serving the Lord for 44 years. So I think I know a little bit about prayer. <laughs> Several years ago, maybe about five, I had just gotten in a bad place, depressed. I was praying every day. But as I listened to what I was praying, I told God, I said, I just might as well record this. And then when I get ready to pray, just go push that button because that's all I'm doing. And, um, and I thought, if I'm so disgusted with that, how must God feel? And, and you know, I knew something had to change. And um, it was one of those Sundays after church, I went to Don and Christy Morgan, and I asked them to pray for me. I want to tell you something. God heard their prayer. Several things happened in the next couple of months. Um, I knew when God would speak to me and I would obey. So it wasn't like I didn't hear God. I mean, in 44 years, you know, you got to, if, if you're serving God, you've got to begin to understand a little bit. But in, but, but in prayer, I wasn't taking time to listen. Mm -hmm. I would go to sleep, and that disgusted me. Like Jesus asked, can't you pray for just one hour? And then I think he said the average Christian only pray seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's scary. Yeah. But we talk to our friends and enemies alike a whole lot more than that. Amen. Is that really communion? Communion is more than just taking of the bread and the wine, the grape juice. Real communion is spending time with God. Yeah. I probably wasn't praying 10 minutes. If I wasn't going to sleep, my mind was taking me in all kinds of directions. Mm -hmm. You know the thought, what have I got to do at work tomorrow? This bill needs to be paid. When am I going to get a raise? Groceries need to be bought. I have too much to do. Why are they mad at me? <laughs> Just add your own thoughts. Y'all know what I'm talking about. These days are probably worse with the COVID-19 virus going around. There is so much more fear. Well, this is one of the things that happened in that process of God doing a work in me. And I don't know how many of y'all knew me five years ago. I'm not the same person that I was five years ago. Which... That's a good thing to say. I told Eddie the other day, if you haven't seen any growth in me, that 
would be kind of scary, wouldn't it be? <laughs> uh, but God's really done a work. I listened to the teaching, uh, How to Hear the Voice of God by Mark Berkler, that we had here once uh, on Sunday nights. And then along with some other things, God just changed my life, but particularly my prayer life. You know, there was a time I would pray and I'd tell God, I don't think I love you enough, God. But it was out of shame and not knowing any better. Now, I still say, God, I don't think I love you enough. But it's more with a smile out of amazement, knowing how much God loves me. Mm. Back then, it was here. Yeah. Now, it's here. Amen. It's come, I've come to a place of knowing, realizing, God really does love me. And the more time that you spend with God, the more you will love him. God told me that above everything else, he wanted me to tell people how much he loves them and for me to show it through my actions. Wow. And so I'm telling you here today that God loves you very much. Amen. And I truly hope his spirit flows through me and you feel the love of God from me and that you will be drawn to the love of God because of my actions. Amen. And y'all, my actions are not always what they need to be. I called here crying the other day and got Herman because I had sinned. <laughs> he kept saying, I don't know where you've sinned yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. So each day, you should be knowing the love of God more than you did the day before. There's no end to the love of God. In the Old Testament, God told the Israelites he loved them so much that he would sell the land. And y'all, I tried to look up that scripture, and I couldn't even find my devotional. But, but God had told them, I'll sell. It seemed like it was Moab and this one. I'll sell them for you because I love you that much. Yes. So, but what greater love than, than God gave his only begotten son so we could live? So that right there, alone, without him telling all the other things. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us. So now I take time to listen. Uh, that begins with journaling. I've always journaled a little bit, but not, not majorly. Now I journal quite a lot. I'm not telling you that I don't ever go to sleep. All you got to do is look at my journal and you see the little scribbles on the page. And you can see where I was writing and I went to sleep. And it's like I can look at it and see when I went to sleep too. But I'm more focused. Um, and it's it's easier. It's easier when, when you're writing. And, um, and it just helps me just really helps me to be focused. Um, but then I would take the time and listen. And I would write what I would hear. Now, when I first started doing it, it was like, okay, God, is this because that's, this is just what I want to hear you say? I mean, you were saying some good stuff. <laughs> uh, 
or is this just because I need to know? And do you know what? He would confirm it time after time after time. Um, you know, there are the times when I talk to God like a friend because he is my friend. And uh, I carry on a conversation with him. But then there are those other times when I call it prayer, like when you're petitioning for somebody. Another thing is we need to pick a time to pray. Yeah. We need to make time. We've got to be consistent in yes. this. Yes. You've got to have a made-up mind about it or it's yes. not going to happen. That's right. That's right. Amen. You need to decide what is the best time for you to pray. I was reading an article the other day about what was the best time to exercise. The bottom line was when it's best for you. If you're too tired at night and likely to skip doing it at nighttime, then that's not your best time. Maybe you need to get up a little earlier. Just do it. Also, we are commanded to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. If I can't even pray seven minutes a day, how am I going to pray without ceasing? <laughs> well, first of all, as I said before, you've got to make that decision to pray. Ask Holy Spirit to quicken you. Bring it to your remembrance. Yes. I have read several things about prayer. Um, one article said if you don't pray out loud, you weren't praying. Well, I want to tell you something. I disagree with that yeah. because there's sometimes you can't pray out loud, and believe me, I was praying. <laughs> Doesn't God know your thoughts and the intents of your heart? There are times you need to pray desperately, and you sure can't do it out loud. Sometimes you need to pray something you don't need that person to hear what you pray. <laughs> but every opportunity you get, do it out loud. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Pray the word. You can pray in the morning when you're getting up, getting ready for work. Or, or if you haven't chosen that as your special time, when you start doing this, you will look for those special times to pray. I love listening to Gary talk about getting mad when you mess with his special time. <laughs> and you know, other times he just wants to pray. So leave him alone and let him go pray. Uh, we can and should pray over our meals. When you do that, don't let it be just, uh, these are just some words to say. We say, I'm just saying the blessing. Think about what you're saying about that blessing. Um, do it fervently. You can pray when you're riding down the road. What a great time to pray. All we can do is pray and watch traffic. Um, we're not supposed to be on our phones. Unfortunately, sometimes we are. Um, you can pray when you're standing in line or waiting in the doctor's office. And y'all, that's a definitely good time to pray. Yes, yes. Yes. Amen. You can pray when you're watching TV. You know, there's enough commercials to pray. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can pray when you're watching the news, and that ought to give you cause to pray. <laughs> that's wow. surely a time to pray that's for right. our country and our city. Yeah. It's an opportune time to pray for our leaders. Instead of singing in the shower, you could pray. But singing praise songs is good, too. <laughs> um, uh, that could be your prayers of thanksgiving. 
Now, I've always known that I was a prayer warrior. There are so many books I have about prayer, and yet if y'all would just see all the books I have. So maybe you weren't called to be a prayer warrior, but you were called to pray. If you're a housewife, that might be your calling. You need to pray. What is your job? Painter, mechanic, garbage man, plumber, builder? Then you need God's direction to be the best you can be. Amen. We all have the opportunities to minister, to pray for somebody. You're too scared? I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Ask God for courage and boldness. Yes. In this prayer walk, we need to be relentless. You never know how God is going to use you to intercede in someone's behalf. Amen. Don't ever, ever think that you are an insignificant nobody in God's kingdom. Right. Amen. Remember what I said about the weakest Christian on their knees? We also need prayer partners. When we first begin this prayer walk, we need someone to help us grow. At first, God will let you depend on someone to pray with you for answers you need. But there comes a time when God says, it's time for you to mature and grow up. There will be those times when you can't find a soul to pray. That might mean God's trying to grow you up. Uh, let me give you an example. Sometimes you have to step out in faith. I've not been saved very long. And we went six flags. And Bud put the key in the trunk get the picnic stuff out and the key broke <clears throat> all these people family friends are standing around and all the foods in the trunk <laughs> that trunk is not opening that key is broke off <clears throat> and i decided i was going to pray and of course me and bud both were baby christians and it was boiling hot and i said to bud don't you believe in prayer? And he said, no. <laughs> I understood. He was, he was highly <laughs> aggravated at that point. And I said, okay. Okay, I do. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray for this trunk to open. Oh, God, please help me. I'm going to look like a fool out here in front of all these people. So I went over. Y'all, the trunk had been yanked on it, wasn't opening. I took my hand, I laid my hand up on the trunk just like this, and I prayed for God to ask to open it. Y'all, we heard that thing click, and that trunk popped open. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, thank you, God, for making me look good. But actually, God, you made yourself look good. Because <laughs> all the people are standing around. What can they say? They saw. They saw it happen. So, yeah. So, so God was glorified in that. Amen. Um, so, R.A. Torrey says, pray big. Pray so big that when God answers, you wish you prayed bigger. <laughs> I really like that one. Yeah. There are times when you need someone to agree with you. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 19, again, I tell you truly that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. If you have a mature prayer, that can help you not pray witchcraft prayers like 
the next time he gets drunk, I hope he gets sick. Or, or and I, we can't pray prayers like that. We need to pray conviction and deliverance mm. instead. God says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms thirty-four. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, you're not going to desire wrong right. things. Right. John fourteen thirteen says. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do. Did you notice he said it twice? Did he say maybe? No, he said, I will. Then John 16, 23 says, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And I want to tell you something right now. Don't ask if you don't want an answer. <laughs> One day I was mad. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I was mad. My daughter-in-law had been in prison all this time. She got out, goes, gets this wonderful job, making good money, holidays and everything. And I couldn't even get a job, much less a good job. And I, I wasn't mad at her. I was just mad. Why? Why? Why, God? And I'm asking him why. This was on a Saturday night. Sunday morning, we go to church. Eddie gets up, and he begins to preach. And guess what he preached on? <laughs> the spirit of entitlement. Oh, I'm back there repenting as hard as I can. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, Lord. I mean, oh wow, yeah, that that you know the prayer of entitlement. God, I deserve this. You owe this to me. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't. But that that was kind of that must that was kind of the attitude that I had, or it wouldn't have convicted me. <laughs> um, now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is how to pray. You can't pray just any old way. And there's two aspects to this. The first thing you need to know is the word so you can pray the word. So you need to read your Bible. That's understood. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. There are many things that the word says, so we know that it's his will. And the second aspect is listening to the Holy Spirit. You might hear the request and you think you know how to pray. But if you listen, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what the real issue is. Yes. And it's not what that person came to you and asked for prayer about. And, um, and so he will, do, he will direct you. And when you pray what the Holy Spirit says, then you can have the confidence that that prayer is going to be answered. Amen. So if God, and if God ever prompts you to pray, do it. Yes. Don't argue. Do it. I know y'all all probably got testimonies, and I'm going to give y'all a couple. One night, um, God woke my friend Sheila up to pray. She said she didn't know exactly what to pray for, but she got up. She said she prayed a few minutes, prayed for everything she knew, prayed, prayed for her sons, and she tried to go back to bed. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let her. 
So she said she got up and she prayed everything. Just, uh, just kept praying, praying everything that she could think of, especially her children. She had barely got through praying when the Alabama State Patrol called her and told her to come to the hospital to pick up her son, Josh. He wasn't hurt, but if it had not been for her prayers, anyway, he was with his boss and his boss's girlfriend. They were on their way to a job out of state. And there was another man in the backseat with Josh that pulled out a gun and shot the girlfriend in the head while they're driving down the road. Then after he shoots her, he turns to shoot Josh and in the struggle, and I think the Holy Spirit opened the car door and dropped the guy out on the road. And um, they caught him a couple of days later. And it, it was all on TV and all. But if she had not got up and prayed, maybe where would Josh be now? So um, then, then, I, uh, then I have a personal one. Uh, several years ago, um, the guy that used to be my pastor, Pastor Don, I hadn't seen him in a while because I was going here and really hadn't had any reason, you know, for him to come to mind. But that morning I woke up and he came to mind and it's like, ooh, okay, well, all right, I'll just pray for him. And I did. And I really started praying. And it was about 10 o'clock. And that was the time that Don was involved in an accident that flipped the car over uh, two or three times and he could have been killed and he wasn't. So coincidence? No. no I don't think. Now let's talk a little bit about faith and prayer. I'm still talking about not praying any old way. In previous scripture, Jesus said, ask the Father in his name. He said he would answer. So are we going to believe him? Sometimes the enemy says we are stupid to believe God hears us. He tells you that you don't have faith. He plays with your mind. You don't have to believe him. Choose who you want to believe. Don't you don't think you don't have faith unless you really don't. And you'll know if you really don't have faith. And the way to solve that problem is getting the word so you do have faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Amen. Now, let me give you an example from the Bible when it didn't look like prayer was being answered. Daniel 10, 12 and 13. Daniel was praying. Daniel was definitely a man of prayer. And he loved God and he was seeking understanding. The angel told Daniel to fear not because from the first days he heard that prayer. But the prince uh, from the kingdom of Persia withstood him for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help him. Sometimes prayers are delayed because it's not time. So keep praying and, and, and keep standing. Um, Matthew 7, 7 through 12 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Yes. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Now you see how he repeats himself? Mm -hmm. He wants us to, he wants it to get in us. He wants us to believe. He keeps on saying he will. 
Now, the other part about that prayer, and y'all, this didn't amount to a hill of beans. It did, wasn't life or death or really didn't matter. It was just one of those things that God decided to do. And I've got a couple of those. Uh, there was a place at Indian Springs. I lived four miles from Indian Springs. And there were some houses way back up on the hill. And way back then when I drove the, the bus that uh, I picked up senior citizens and take them to the center. So I was all over the county, but I had to go past there. And I'd look up that hill and I'd think, man, I'd like to go up there and, and see these houses up here and see what it's like. But back then it, it didn't happen. Well, finally last year, I was taken on a tour of the place. The people who owned the place gave that whole works to this Pastor Don that I've talked about. Gave, gave him, mm -hmm. gave him everything. Wow. And I got to go up there. It had a um, Olympic-sized pool, and it was covered. Um, just the place is huge and everything, and they're going to turn it into like a convention center or whatever. But all this time, I'd been wanting to see what it looked like. <laughs> and now so I got a tour. Just, and I thought that... that um, see, I'm going to give you... Um, one more testimony about how God answers your prayer when you didn't even ask. One day, I was um, in my bathroom getting ready for work, and I was putting my jewelry on and everything, and I noticed I didn't have any red jewelry. So, hmm. I didn't pray. I didn't ask nobody. I'm there at home by myself, and I said, said to myself, I didn't even say it out loud, I need to get me some red jewelry. Either it was the same day or the next day. Go to work, start picking up those seniors, delivering them. And one of the ladies said, hold on, wait just a minute. I want to give you something. Yeah. <laughs> handed me this little box with the red necklace and earrings. <laughs> so, see, I didn't even ask, and God heard. And see, he answers, he answers some of the little... Mundane don't matter to anybody yes, else yes, but you. Yes, yes, it does. But then he does. Okay, now there's not. Okay, um, sometimes when you pray and it looks like that God didn't answer, it's not necessarily a lack of faith. Uh, it could be because it's not His will or maybe His timing. Recently, I ran into a situation where God didn't answer. And that's the situation. I can't give y'all all of the details because of privacy. If y'all want to come and ask me about it, I'll tell you. But, um, <laughs> but um, I ran into a situation where God didn't answer. So I went ahead with it. And as it continued on, it's like, I am fixing to be in a world of trouble here. I am, I am messed up. And I was just kind of like crying. I went to God and I said, God, did I miss you? I prayed. I prayed and I asked you before I did it. You didn't tell me no. You didn't tell me yes either. <laughs> and um, God said, and God said, uh, and when I asked him, I said, well, did I miss it? He said, no. It was because he wanted to reveal 
the truth to me about what he wanted me to see about this particular situation. So by me going ahead like I did, boy, did I find out a lot of things. And But God did deliver me out of it. So, I mean, I wasn't stuck in a mess, but, but that was one of those times that God didn't answer because I needed to see the truth about some things. Wow. So, um, you know, Oswald Chambers says, we pray when there's nothing else we can do. But Jesus wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Wow, in the great cool. revival, uh, they prayed before they went out. Pray there before you go there. So a lot of times if we'll pray over something before we do it, we'll save ourselves a lot of heartache. (laughs) Now there's not a special formula, but there is a model on how to pray. And we know it more commonly is the Lord's Prayer. We have to be careful not to get caught up in our selfish desires. So the first thing that we need to do in our prayer is to praise Him. Thank him for all he's done. In this prayer, God knew what things we would face in this life. Before we go any further, we must forgive if we expect God to forgive us. If we can't walk in forgiveness, why should he hear us? I know forgiveness can be a hard thing. But I still could go on and on about prayer. But we can only hit the highlights here. But I want to read y'all something. It was written by M.W. Gass that he wrote about the Lord's Prayer. Can you say our if your religion has no room for others and their needs? Can you say father if you have not been born again and adopted as his child through the blood of Jesus Christ shed for your sin? Can you say who art in heaven if all your interests and pursuits are on earth? Can you say, hallowed be your name, if the one who is called by that name is not holy to you? Can you say, thy kingdom come, if you're unwilling to give up your independence and accept the righteous reign of God? Can you say, thy will be done, if you're unwilling or resentful of having to relinquish your own agenda? Can you say, on earth as it is in heaven, if you're not ready? to give yourself to his service here and now. Can you say, give us this day our daily bread without expending honest effort for it or by ignoring the needs of your fellow man? Can you say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors if you continue to hold a grudge against someone? Can you say, lead us not into into temptation if you deliberately choose to remain in a situation where you're going to be tempted? Can you say, deliver us from evil, if you're not prepared to fight in the spiritual realm with the weapon of prayer? Can you say, thine is the kingdom, if you don't give the king the disciplined obedience of a loyal subject? Can you say, thine is the power, if you fear what your friends and neighbors may say or do? Can you say, thine is the glory, if you're seeking your own glory first? Can you say forever, if you're full of anxiety about the here and now? Can you say amen, if you don't honestly mean cost what it may? This is my prayer. Ouch, that hurt. (laughs) That makes you look at the Lord's prayer in a whole different light. 
And there's a couple of sentences I want to come, you know. It says, that kingdom come, thy will be done. This part is about submission or surrender. Now, y'all been hearing submission and the surrender a lot here. Submission is like the little boy in church that the mother makes him sit down. And he says, I'm sitting down on the inside. I mean, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the on, on inside. Well, are you doing what you are because you're being made to do it? Or because you know it's better for you to do, but you sure don't want to do it? Surrender is a willing heart, giving yourself wholly to the Lord because you want to be his and serve him. You're saying, I am yours, Lord, and you are mine. God says he won't relent until he has it all. And I'm going to repeat this again. How often do we talk to God, but we don't give him a chance to say anything back to us? We can say, oh, I've done my duty. I read my Bible. I prayed. I'm good to go. God does not want it to be a duty or a chore. He wants it to be a pleasure, a great adventure. Wow. If God gave his son to die for us, don't you think he would like to talk to us too? We don't even begin to understand how much he loves us and wants our presence. Amen. He is so willing to give us his presence. We call ourselves God chasers, but the truth of the matter is God's chasing us. Amen. We want God to answer our prayers. Some people tra treat Jesus like a lawyer. They only call on him when they are in trouble. We expect God to be the big slot machine in the sky, pull the lever and all the goodies fall out. We get mad at him when, he, when that doesn't happen. But here's the question. Did we do what he asked? Did we even care? We're totally disrespecting him when we do things like that. The bottom line is that we need to obey, listen, and expect. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, James 5, 16. And um, y'all, I haven't arrived by no means, but I sure have left. <laughs> so, so, okay. Hey, man.